Welcome to the Pastor's Roundtable, the podcast where we pull apart and deconstruct the habits, routines, and tactics of great men and women of the faith. I hope you enjoy this episode. Well, hey guys, I'm Ryan Latham, and uh, I'm here with my friend Levi Carter, who is here to talk a little bit about the CARE Act and other legislation, um, grants, loans that are becoming available over the next the last few days and even up to the next few days as well. And so we're here to get some clarity and uh, to see how this might be able to help you guys out. So Levi, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, and then we'll jump into some questions here. You bet, Ryan. Thanks for your time. Um, my wife and I own CBFC, which is a full-service accounting firm, as well as a part-time CFO company. So we come into smaller organizations that might ha- not have that, uh, uh, be ready to make that full-time CFO hire, or in the church world, uh, might be an ex- XP hire, but need some kind of additional financial help. So we do cert- short-term engagements uh, to help people uh, cut costs, uh, maximize uh, revenue, um, lean out operational inefficiencies um, in for pro- on the for-profit side, uh, you know, uh, reduce tax liability, things like that. So that's what we do. Uh, but I also uh, have a background in ministry, both my wife and I. And so, um, you know, when we started our company and moved back um, towards the business direction, we have kind of a, a unique passion to serve churches and nonprofits because that's the space that we come from, as well as there's um, always a unique side of legislation as it comes to nonprofits and churches that most people don't specialize in. So that's who we are and that's what we do. That's great, Levi. Hey, so we've been hearing lots of information on the news. I've, I've received lots of emails sure. about how the CARE Act and these new things are helping small businesses. I mean, I've gotten stuff from my banks and all kinds of how Amen. a small business can be helped, but not a whole lot of clarity on how this can help nonprofits and specifically churches. So uh, yeah. maybe we'll just start with that. You know, talk to me a little bit about how yeah. that is uh, affecting churches and nonprofits. Sure. Well, hopefully we'll be able to um, sort of uh, sort of have an ongoing clarity conversation. So, for example, the CARES Act um, was passed on Friday. And so um, I think the lack of clarity is surrounding. And just to be um, clear, we're recording this on April 1st. So you bet. last That's week. That's good. The very yep. end of March. Yeah. So we're four, you know, four or five days later, and uh, this is, you know, one of the maybe the second largest piece of legislation that's ever been passed, um, at least in dollar figures, in the history of our country. Okay. But the the interesting thing about this is this is the second or third piece of major legislation that's been passed um, due to COVID nineteen in the last seventeen days. And so the lack of clarity for everyone, including uh, for profit and nonprofit and church churches, is the massive load of information. And there's not a PR firm in the world that could have helped um, the federal government communicate and articulate clearly what the heck is going on with any of this, uh, because it's just massive amounts of legislation probably over the last 17 days. Um, So we'll go into the specific areas um, that you wanted to ask me about. Um, But in short, all of these major pieces of legislation impact and include churches on a big picture level. In fact, things that products and and services that they're amending through the Small Business Administration would not normally include churches. Um, They've put um, explicit language to sort of widen the definition of a small business, um, not just with nonprofits and churches, but to include houses of worship, um, to include nonprofits, and even on the business side, to include very large organizations. So the new definition of a small business 
um, for the purpose of this legislation is anybody with 500 or fewer employees, which is a laughable definition of a small business, someone with 499 employees. Um, but the idea is to be inclusive with this legislation rather than exclusive. So most of these things will impact um, churches and nonprofits and religious nonprofits um, and most of them will impact them in, uh, in a blanket statement in a positive way. That's great. So uh, you said that uh, there are some new loans and even some grants sure. um, and even some things. I think you were saying that there's some loans where it looks like it's a loan, but it's actually sure. going to be forgiven. And so it's basically yep. essentially a grant as well. So maybe you want to kind of explain some of that for us. You bet. Well, let me let me tell you where I stand from a philosophy standpoint because I'm, uh, you know, I'm first a, a CFO interested in the health of people's um, companies and organizations' finances, um, not a debt salesman. By the way, I don't sell debt. You know, none of this is a a, a sales pitch on debt. Uh, but from a philosophical standpoint, as a CFO, um, and, and you're you also just to inter sorry sure. to interrupt, but you are uh, Dave Ramsey, a coach, uh, yeah. things like that, and some years. I I not only hold the hold the credential, I am. I'm a, um, you know, Bible believing uh, Dave Ramsey disciple. Okay. I'm, I've drank the Kool-Aid hundred percent. So that's where I stand. So the, obviously the product um, that from a personal values perspective that I'm most interested in is a new product that was passed with the CARES Act. And if you want language and because there's so many different things, you want to know the specific names of things that you're looking into. Um, the, the new product is actually the name of an old product, but it's amended in, in sort of an emergency an emergency version of this for a temporary period of time is called the SBA 7A loan. So that is an old product, but it's temporarily amended to be, look very different than it's ever looked before. Um, first, the first thing that you want to know about this um, 7A loan, and this is the product that's convertible into a grant, um, is that, uh, that it's 100% backed, meaning that credit worthiness is not a risk to the lender. Now, there still is a line regarding credit worthiness um, in there, but essentially it, that line in the legislation, they can't evaluate credit worthiness um, and their, their ability to repay. But essentially that line is a nothing sandwich because there is no risk for the bank to take on this um, loan, even if someone with subpar credit or a subpar financial history applies for this. There's zero risk to the lender. So how this works is if you use this loan um, for the correct purposes, um, which, are, uh, which are narrow, but would also be the largest expenses of any church that I know, if you use them for payroll, and payroll type expenses. So um, by the way, the definition of payroll is very broad, which I think is important because I don't think that you'll have a problem including, including housing allowances um, in this figure, uh, which might be 40% of your staff's payroll um, because the definition is purposefully very um, inclusive after it defines all these different things it says and other similar costs, meaning they're trying to include things in this number, not exclude things from this number. They're trying to keep organizations solvent that are trying to uh, uh, remain solvent so um, that are that are that are threatened with insolvency so you take your monthly payroll number this is a you know this is a dumbed down version it's more complex for this but just for the purpose of the video your monthly payroll number and you're going to times that by two and a half so two and a half months of payroll if you take this loan and use it for only payroll only utilities and only building costs Okay, whatever that two and a half times monthly payroll is, you can apply for forgiveness um, 
uh, next June, starting in next June. Okay, you can apply for forgiveness, and per the legislation, that forgiveness will be granted so long as here's the big here's the big requirement. So long as you've replaced staff and payroll in both headcount and dollars. Okay, so they want to see that you've got just as many bodies working for you, and they want to see that you're paying them just as many dollars. They're measuring economic impact. They don't care which heads work there. They just want to know that the headcount is the same and the dollars are the same. So that's how I would recap the max loan amount. Okay, now that's the max uh, that you can loan up to in this program, meaning that some lenders may start to triage this and not give people the max. They have that discretion. And so the lender that you choose or work with does, does matter, but that is truly a grant. And the only people we're steering away from, again, thinking of financial health before any service that we sell or any debt that someone else is selling, the only people that we're steering away from this is people that um, are truly facing insolvency. Okay, so if you're, if you're a retailer right now, you're a brick and mortar retailer, um, uh, you're a church that was on the fence before this moment. Um, you're a nonprofit that was on the fence before this moment. If you're, you're a restaurant, you're up to their eyeballs in debt. Okay. If you're truly facing insolvency, there's, there's not only not a guarantee that you'll be able to replace headcount and payroll by next year, um, but it's highly unlikely um, that, that you will be in that position um, uh, next year. And so those are the only people that we're steering away from this. For most of our businesses that are in a healthy financial position, this amounts to free money. And as long as we do this right and take great care to meet the requirements of the legislation, we are pushing most institutions that we work with um, towards this product. That's great. So, uh, I mean, I'm sure they've got lots of questions, sure. but uh, let's dive into, um, you know, we're praying this doesn't happen. But yeah. What happens? Uh, are there things available for churches that maybe do have to let somebody go? Or sure. on the flip side, are there some things that maybe someone who has been let go, is there some things for them to look into? Sure. Well, let me, let me go back and answer some questions on, on replacing staff and replacing payroll dollars first. Yep. Um, first of all, if you have to, if, if you're a, the leader of an institution, it's your job to make the tough calls. It's your, your, your job and the board's job to make those tough decisions. And so they, um, especially in states that are shut down, the federal government here is not trying to um, uh, sort of disable you if you take this grant product from making those tough decisions. So if you're in California today, as many clients that we serve are, your state is shut down. There's nothing, there's nothing happening. Your, your giving is probably, you know, even with the online platforms, you know, is probably cut in half or more or a little bit less. Um, people are, are clinging to their money if you're a nonprofit. So people are, are not going to be as, as, as generous. Maybe uh, you unfortunately had your big fundraiser in the springtime, things of, things of this nature. So if you're shut down and you don't have um, the, any other choice, even with um, these new opportunities, if you don't have any other choice um, other than to lay off staff, um, that's okay. You can make the tough decisions for three months and get that cash flow in. And as long as you restore staff by a certain time frame early next year, you can still apply for forgiveness. So that's another little piece of misinformation that's out there um, because people feel like if they take this product, they can't continue to make 
make the decisions they feel like they need to make. You can make your leadership decisions, um, but they want to see that the economic impact is restored. So that's that's just a caveat that that eludes that question. The other big thing that I want to talk about is um, sort of an elephant in the room with churches and. The, this elephant is rarely talked about. You know, you do staffing, Ryan. You understand the compensation conversations that go on, but nobody ever talks about this until, uh, or usually most staff pastors don't find out about this until it's the really tough time to find out about this. But churches, by law, are allowed to be exempted from paying into their state unemployment fund. Um, which, by the way, in my humble opinion, needs to be accounted for in salary discussions on the front end of engagements, um, that if this does not work out, you know, this family needs to be taken care of. Some, people, some churches are good for taking into that into account and, and have other plans in place and others are not. So um, by law, uh, churches and nonprofits, 501c3 nonprofits, do not have to pay into unemployment. That actually does not mean that your church does not pay into unemployment. Many churches that I know voluntarily play into unemployment, so that's a resource for their people, and I love that they do that, but they're not required to. So I would say that if you brought uh, 20 lead pastors in the room, just based off of my knowledge of the churches and nonprofits we work, or 20 directors of nonprofits and, and lead pastors in the room, probably 17 of them would tell us on this call that they don't pay into unemployment, okay? Um, and that's not necessarily malicious. That's probably something, this is, those are things that I, people like me think about because it's my job. Most people don't wake up wondering if they paid unemployment taxes last month, okay? So that's not necessarily malicious but I'm guaranteeing you that the numbers would be something like that, something like at least 70 to 80 percent. Okay, so in the position of these churches, um, having to make these hard levers, um, if they're pulling hard levers, they don't have, you know, the, the dollars for big severance packages either, right? So this person is uh, temporarily out of luck, okay? So there is something that's passed, and you got to remember that this is temporary clarity as of today, because this is Friday. But something that was passed um, was not I don't believe was passed with churches in mind, but I believe it will, uh, it will account for churches. There's something in this legislation in the CARES Act, HR 748, that um, includes something called pandemic unemployment. This is a beefed up and broadened unemployment uh, product. Um, and it has, it includes people that have never been included before, like the self-employed, meaning that if you drive Uber for a living and there's no rides happening because nobody is, wants to get in your car right now um, or be within six feet of you, um, you can apply for unemployment. Okay, so this is not the only thing pandemic unemployment um, provides for. It also is a federal program that sits on top of the state program. So even for traditional unemployment, it adds dollars on top of the state unemployment figure. Um, just like uh, this was around a lot in 2008, 2009, the last crash that we saw. And it also lengthens the time that the federal unemployment um, is available. So it's not a three-month product. It's it's long past that, okay? But the major part of pandemic unemployment is including people that would not normally be um, in a position to take advantage of unemployment. And it's, it's one of those broad lines that it, this is why I believe it's going to um, uh, apply to church workers and pastors who don't have access. Is it, um, is, is the, at the end of the sentence where it says this does include independent contractors and sole proprietors. Um, and then at the end of the sentence, it says, and other people who would not normally qualify for traditional self-employment. So, um, you know, again, the language of these legislations is in 
inclusive, not exclusive. They're trying to help as many people as possible. And so if you are in a position where you're facing insolvency um, and you need to pull that lever, it may make that, that, uh, that lever a little, little easier to pull. Yeah, that's great. So how do they get more information? What's the next steps for these guys yeah, that want to try and engage sure. in some of these loans, these grants? Yeah. Um, well, and then the third thing real quick that I didn't talk about is if, if you need more dollars, but feel like a loan is, is the option you're going to need to take. And where I'm going here is probably medium sized churches with a little bit larger staff and maybe a 25 or $30,000 mortgage. Okay. That mortgage is a big game changer. Um, and if solvency, and especially if you're in an area um, that's pretty hard hit by COVID-19 and your shutdown may last, um, you know, longer or you're, you're just worried, or maybe it's even on the back end of COVID-19, your area, it's your area last. Um, maybe that, you know, so if, if you feel like you're going to have to weather four or five really tough months here and you need more dollars than the grant program, there is something called an economic injury disaster loan. It's truly a loan, um, but it's 100% government backed, so it is the cheapest money outside of a mortgage um, that you will you will probably ever see at th at 3.75%. Uh, I believe it's actually a, a basis point lower for, for nonprofits. Um, and so it's, uh, it's, and it's over a long period of time. It's up to 30 years. Okay. So there's the loan product as well that, that some people may have to take advantage of. Okay. Uh, because that's a product that's been around a while. I do want to say there is some language there where um, faith-based organizations are, you know, there's some limitations on faith-based organizations um, taking, taking advantage of that. Um, if they want more info and they need my help, my, um, we'll put my email because it's kind of long at the, at the bottom of this uh, post, but it's Levite Commission-Based Consulting. Um, dot com they can um, reach out to us um, we are um, sort of inundated serving our clients and new engagements that need financial help so it, you know I'm happy to at my expense give you kind of a five minute point you in the right direction um, but that's kind of our capacity in that um, if if, uh, if if you need more help than that or hand holding or help through the process we're doing 60 day engagements as well um, but I'm happy to take a five minute call and try to point you in the right direction if you need to um, do this yourself um, or just just need uh, have, a, have a quick follow-up question or even in the comments below yeah you guys can go to renewedleadership.org and go to the blog and we'll have all the contact information, right. links to more things like that. But you can go to renewedleadership.org and go to the blog and we'll have um, you know, Levi Carter there and you can uh, care act. We'll have all that there for you and you can get more information. So Levi, thank you for your time. Any last thoughts that you, that uh, maybe we didn't talk about already? Yeah, just this is temporary and that I am whole, uh, full of hope for the future. Um, and I believe that uh, the, the church is the hope of the world. And uh, I'm excited to be hope dealers with you guys. We're going to get through this. And, uh, and I'm praying for every leader um, of every, every organization in this season um, that you'll be fruitful in this. Not only will you survive, but you're going to thrive. All right. Awesome. Great. Thanks, Levi. All right.